0: Oh, yeah. God, we love and we thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning to just figure out how to look more like you, how to be transformed to be more like you. Lord, help us to hear your voice this morning and take it in so that we don't leave the same as how we came. Let us look like a reflection of your kingdom here. We thank you for all things. For your movement. We even thank you for your silence. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is kind of a bittersweet thing for me because we are ending a new, like we're ending a series, which is very exciting for you because usually I never make it through a four-week series, let alone like this eight-week series we just did. So this is like quite an accomplishment. Um, It's like therapy. Um, But it's also very exciting because ending this series means that the next series starts. And if you've been around for a while, you know that I'm, I kind of, uh, kind of enjoy Christmas time, and uh, I'm getting very excited for Advent, and, and going through my, my meditations this week uh, in scriptures, how I do it is I I listen to the scriptures, and then I pick a word that I like to just meditate on for a while, and the really crazy thing is, I don't think it was the scriptures necessarily, it was just my mindset looking toward Advent, is uh, the the four words that I focused on were hope, joy, love, and peace, not in the but it was just in the scriptures, and for some reason I couldn't get past those words. I, I'm very excited. I think Advent's going to be amazing this year. It's going to be a physical opportunity to wait and to expect and anticipate, but it's also going to be this awesome spiritual journey. We have great content, and it just it's going to the exclamation mark on Christmas Eve. We sat down and planned Christmas Eve service last week, and I'm so excited about it. It's going to be great, and it's going to be... Great, and it's, it's going to be an amazing time of music and uh, family, and it's, it, it, I'm, I'm excited. Anyway, we, we're not there yet. We're here. Um, so, I mentioned last week that these last two weeks of this series are kind of like uh, this idea of preparing to wait. This, we, we, we took these last two, What do Disciples Do? and we talk about like, what we do, like, how are we going to be ready to wait. Today's message is, is a tricky one, but it's an important one. It, it's so important. And and today we're going to talk about this idea of allegiance because we don't do allegiance well as Americans. We we, uh, allegiance is like the word love in America because you can love your wife and love tacos. And I really hope that the way you love your kids or how you love your parents is different than the way you love tacos. But it's the same word, and we lack another word because here's where allegiance comes into a problem with us. First of all, we're Americans. And by golly, we have a day every year where we blow stuff up to declare our independence. Allegiance doesn't go well with independence. Allegiance is something that you have to acknowledge and give to someone, which is like submission, which Americans don't do. America. And every fourth, we barbecue hamburgers and blow stuff up to declare that we will not bow to anyone. King George or anybody else. But there's this... Idea throughout scripture of this allegiance thing that we don't get. And I think it's because of this. We all have, not all of us, a lot of us have sports teams that we declare allegiance to. Right? But, I mean, some of you poor people are Patriots fans. So you almost think that it's like patriotic and you have dual allegiance there. But really, they're just cheaters. I mean, be honest. Anyway, we we all have these allegiances. And and whether it's to the the Giants or to the Dodgers, and you put those two people in the same room together, or on Facebook when that series is going on, it's hilarious to read it back and forth. If you're a Giants fan, don't dare walk to your car at at Dodger Stadium because they got jumped and got beat. I mean, it's crazy what we're willing to claim allegiance to and what we're kind of like, yeah... I don't know. That, that seems a little crazy, to give allegiance to Jesus. But to Oklahoma, easy. I'll do it. Sooners, go. They have my allegiance. Right? And, and, and so we just kind of mess around with this word. And, and we don't really have a firm grasp on it because we are so easy to give it to whatever is coming our way. And we, just, we, we align ourselves with it. We give allegiance to it. Some of you give allegiance to this church. And I appreciate that, but you're wrong. We, we should not be giving anything, any kind of allegiance to anything but to Jesus. And so, that, that way when this happens, because it will, when I make you mad or hurt your feelings, it will happen. It's not, your allegiance isn't to me or to connected, it's to Jesus. It, it, you're a follower, a disciple of Jesus, not a disciple of connected, and please, not a follower of me. Because if you are, we'll have Kool-Aid next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a joke, but it's not, right? That's what happened. That's how cults get started, is that we don't know who to give our allegiance to. And so you give your allegiance to whatever seems like the most powerful thing right now, or the most important thing right now, and it's never going to be what lasts, ever. So we have to, as disciples, we have to get to a place where we are going to claim our allegiance to one thing, and that way, when we follow, we're following the right thing. Alright, I have I have a great example. I need you three. Come up. Okay. okay, Caitlin, you're the leader because you're oldest. Okay? So you stand right here. Stop moving. Right there. No, over here. there. Okay, perfect. Alright. You two are followers. Just for this exercise, you're really leaders. Okay? Alright. So Caitlin, what I want you to do, you know, you know what? We're gonna mix this up a little bit. You're also a leader. What are you doing? You okay? You two feet stand out. Of. I thought you were a Jimmy. I hate to see you on a balance beam. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> All right. Serenity, you are the follower. Okay? Here's what I want you to do. Caitlin, I want you to walk that way and go to the back. No, no, look up. Look, look, look. <laughs> That Becca, I want you to walk that way and go to the back. Okay? Serenity, I want you to follow him. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you should have just Follow them. This. Both of them. <laughs> What's the problem, Serenity? You're only following Caitlin. How do you think that makes Becca feel? Okay, uh, <laughs> right, come on back, girls. On back. Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's physically impossible to follow two people if they're going different directions. You can't do it. You 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 physically cannot. Follow two people heading different directions. Now, here's the really clever thing about this idea. Becca, were you a leader right there? No, you weren't. There was someone no following you. <laughs> you can't be a leader if there's no there. <laughs> What you give your allegiance to is what you're a follower of. What, what you give your allegiance to is what you're going to choose to follow. And you cannot physically choose to follow two different directions, it's not possible. So as we talk about this idea of allegiance, it, 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 gets, it gets sticky sometimes. It gets a little hard sometimes. It even pokes a little bit sometimes. Because there's wordage that we have in our vocabulary that almost declares that we claim allegiance to stuff that's not Jesus. Now, I'm, this, here's your disclaimer. You only get one. I am not saying by any stretch of the imagination, that you cannot be a disciple of Jesus and patriotic. Okay? There's your disclaimer. Now, with that being said, we stand up, we put our hand on our heart, and we say this, I pledge allegiance to the flag. That's sticky. Because what happens when that... Country or that flag that represents the country does something contrary to Christianity. Where is your allegiance? I go there first, but how about this? I stood up on my wedding day and made a vow to my wife. A vow is pledging allegiance. It's sticky. Right? Because then we have all of these other scriptures that talk about what it what it means to put first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given to you. So we have to make sure that our allegiance lies in the place that is Jesus, and that way when we're following Jesus, we don't get distracted by other stuff, and that kind of stuff comes in order. So if you're fully aligned in allegiance to Jesus, and you're following Jesus, and you're a complete disciple of Jesus, and, and, and you love a country, then you stand up and you say, I pledge allegiance to a flag... You're not actually saying allegiance, but you are. But your allegiance is first to Jesus, and you are going to follow Jesus as an American. Right? It's the same thing with I'm going to make a vow to my wife, and I'm going to follow Jesus as a married man. I I, I am going to, my my vow is there, but my allegiance is still to Jesus. And so everything that goes gets trickled and filtered down through my allegiance through Jesus, not my allegiance to my family. That doesn't mean that my family trumps every area. that that my family just gets put aside on everything. Because remember, here's where it gets real tricky. Some of you have plans this afternoon. You heard that we were doing Deck the Halls. And you, you hear this message you go, well, if I'm really dedicated, then I'll be at Deck the Halls. No, our allegiance is not to the church. Our allegiance is not to a program the church does. Our allegiance is to Jesus because he is the head of the church... And we are the body as the church, and so our allegiance is to him, and we, have to be, we, are, we are held accountable to him, not to the church. So, do I want you to be here? Sure, I like you people, mostly. And, and so, like, I, I, want, I want you to be here, but that doesn't mean that you put your family and everything aside because the church is doing an activity. Because your allegiance is not to this place. Your allegiance is first and foremost to Jesus. There's a, one of the greatest stories about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German theologian pastor. He he was a pastor in Germany during the rule of the Third Reich, and, and there's this amazing story that it tells when he gets to his church and there are two Third Reich flags hanging because that's they, they took over the church and, and they basically passed out sermons that you were allowed to preach. And he comes up onto his stoop of the church and he just tears them down. And it's just a, this amazing idea that His allegiance to Jesus is more than allegiance to anything else. And he ended up being executed for it. But it didn't matter. Because his allegiance was his allegiance. He knew exactly where he was going. He knew who he was following. There was never... The one thing I loved about this illustration with serenity, there there was no hesitation. She she didn't get here and go, she just followed Caitlin. (laughs) But, But what if that's how our lives were when something else came up and we didn't even hesitate? It's like, here's, he, you know what? Both these two, I know them pretty well. They're both good people. You, can, you wouldn't be wrong following either one. They're good. You, you, you can get to the point. So sometimes two good things come up, but we have to focus on the right thing. And so what if we just went like this, and we just followed, because this is where Jesus is going. This is where my allegiance lies. And there was no, I didn't even tell her to do that. There was just no hesitation. Maybe she was the first leader, so so, I don't know. It's just amazing to me that she did not hesitate in who we follow. And we've got to get to a place where that's how we are. We don't hesitate in who we follow. We're following Jesus. And if it doesn't line up with Jesus, we're not going to do it. Because that's where our allegiance is. Our allegiance is not to a cause. Our allegiance is not to to anything except Jesus. Paul kind of addresses this a little bit in uh, in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. in whom we have redeemed the forgiveness of sins. Listen to these five verses. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church, He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his own blood shed on the cross. This is called a Christological statement. The, the, this, these, these, these five verses are what we call the Christological statement, which is the study of Jesus or the words about Jesus. Everything that we need to know about the supremacy of Christ is written by Paul in those five verses, and they are huge declarations. Because remember, this is a time where you weren't allowed to go around saying anyone else was God but Caesar; he was Lord. And so, the claims that Paul makes in this in this short passage of Scripture. Is saying, why do we choose a leader? How do we choose a leader? I got an idea. Let's choose a leader that is the image of the invisible God. Let's let's choose a leader that was the firstborn over all creation. You know, there's the uh, you guys remember Jacob Ricks? He, he, the, the Ricks came for a while. He's he's uh, got a great job at the behavior Health Hospital here, and he was doing some trainings. And he posted on Facebook. He said. Uh, Doing some leadership, training some leaders, any good advice? And of course, I'm reading it, I'm hearing that through the lens of this week's preparation. And I thought to myself, Yeah, why should I follow you? Right? Tell me what makes you the leader, Serena. You might not be able to answer this, but why did you follow Caitlin? I don't know. know, Just look good. That was a suicide question, by the way. That's what that's called when you don't really get the answer you wanted. (laughs) There's this, this, if we know the characteristics of the leader we want to follow, it's much easier to see the leader and follow them. So it's very easy to look at something that seems powerful or something that takes up our time and give our allegiance to that. But I'm telling you right now, I am a huge Oklahoma Sooner fan. But they are not the firstborn of the dead. They are not the one that spoke creation into existence. So, how do you give allegiance to something that is that? I, I, I love my wife a stinking lot. But she didn't fit into those categories that I just read about Christ. Because she is part of the body of Christ. And our allegiance goes to the head of the body Jesus Himself. And so if you can declare and know what it is that you need in a leader, it's much easier to follow that leader because you can recognize them. And Paul lays it out very clean with very awesome descriptive stuff. He's in the beginning. He is the one. And then we hear about this thread throughout everything. John says, and the word was the beginning, and the word was God, and the word was with God. He was there. This is what gives him authority. And then if that's not enough, if the idea that Jesus was around from the very beginning, and he spoke and light appeared in this null and void, the, the, the two best Hebrew words ever, tohu and bohu, the, the formless and void earth, the, the, the nothingness, and Jesus said, something, and it was, if that's not enough for you, try dying and then coming back to life. It's hard to do. If, 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 you can, if you think, oh, I can do that. People do it all the time. Try dying, be dead for three days, and then come back to life. And not have any order. Probably some deodorant, but I mean, there are things that are attributed to Jesus because of who He is—the very Son of God—and I cannot wait because next week we get to start using language like Emmanuel and incarnate and God among us, and this idea that He birthed into this world uh, the God of the universe to walk alongside of us and be with us for every step that we take and every, every move that we make. I'm <laughs> um, watching. Sometimes. But there's this, this amazingness around this idea that why do we celebrate? Why do we take the time to journey through Advent and then celebrate Christmas and not try to make Christmas this idea of uh, marketing and, and, and presents and, and hoopla and all that stuff? We still participate in it But my allegiance is not to it. My allegiance is to Emmanuel. My allegiance is to God among us. The God that was born into this world. And we get to sing songs like, Welcome to our world. And what a strange way to save the world. And all of these amazing things that we are not just singing. We are declaring, God rescue Mary and gentlemen, for peace has come. Joy to the world. They're not just songs. They are declarations of this hope that we have because our leader has come. The one that we follow has come. Why do we follow him? Oh my gosh, because he is the first. He is the last. Let's just look at the the words Paul uses again. Why why do we follow Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Like It's almost like someone as Paul's writing this down goes, Yeah, what about this? Fine, visible and invisible. There's nothing that you can bring up that Christ did not create. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and him, in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Why why do we follow him? Because of all these things, he has supremacy. He, He is the one that is supreme. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We follow Jesus. We follow God because of his greatness. It's hammered home through Jesus because of his sacrifice. It's so hard for me sometimes to follow leaders that declare themselves leaders. When, when, When somebody tells me that they're the leader, I have this little streak in me that says, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm going to find every fault you have. Because you can't lead me. But when somebody does not declare themselves leaders, and they just are, that's someone I want to follow. I wish there was a way that we could do every presidential election like this. Who doesn't want it? Alright, you're running. It's It's that idea of that Jesus hammers home his supremacy by taking off his outer garment, wrapping a towel around his waist, and washing his disciples' feet. He hammers home the fact that he is the one, the the, the one supreme God, by going to a cross and staying there for our forgiveness. Why do we align with Jesus? Because he's worthy. And you know what? He's the only thing worthy of our allegiance. And so as disciples of Jesus, we have to be careful what we align ourselves to, what we declare allegiance to. Because if it's not Jesus, you're wasting your time. There's a lot of stuff that we can sell out for, but there's only one that's worth of selling out for As disciples, we have to be in a place where we give ultimate allegiance to Jesus and nothing else. Not to a church, not to an organization, not to a team, but to Jesus. And as we live that way, we become more like the one that we are following. Disciple literally translates to follower. And if you're not following Jesus... And you're not a disciple. And we can figure that out. But in order to follow him, where he's going, he needs your allegiance. Because there's going to be times that it's not going to be a good time. It's not going to be fun. And unless you have full allegiance, ultimate allegiance, then you are going to bail on it. You're going to walk away. There are going to be situations where someone's going to judge you for it. If he has your allegiance, it doesn't matter. Because you're going to keep walking and following behind Jesus. As we transition, literally in the connecting time right now, but as we transition this week into the season of Advent, I want the idea that first and foremost, Jesus has our allegiance as we journey toward the cradle, toward the manger. All the other stuff is stuff. All the other stuff is just stuff. Good stuff, great stuff. Fun stuff. I, 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 was, I, I always push back whenever um, <laughs> I'm at a clergy thing and they talk, start talking about how busy the holidays are. And I'm just like, well, don't be so busy then. Just don't do it. And then here I am two weeks ago putting everything up on the website that we got going on through December. I'm like, wow, it is really busy. <laughs> and I'm like pulling out my hair going, this is a busy time. But that's just stuff. Because right now... If, if the parties that you go to aren't because you are going with Jesus, don't go. If they're not because you're going for Jesus, then don't go. If you're not hosting these things because it brings you closer to Jesus, then don't do it. There's one thing. Your allegiance is the one thing. If buying presents stresses you out, have a heart-to-heart with someone and go, I'm not buying presents this year because it drives me away from Jesus. That, because that's all that matters. Are they gonna understand? No. But it doesn't matter. When your ultimate allegiance is to the right thing, it doesn't matter. You have to get to a place where that is what matters. And so as we journey through Advent this year, we're going to journey to this through this allegiance. This idea that Emmanuel came and he is worthy of us playing to him. The band's gonna come back up, we're gonna move into connecting time. I wanna share this story with you kind of hammer the psalm as they come up. It's, a, it's one of these pastor stories, so it's probably not true. Uh, there's a story of a teacher who buys a new house, and in the midst of this buying a new house, she goes up in the attic for the first time, and she's looking around, and the homeowners have left a, a few things, and she sees this beautiful ornate crucifix. It's a wooden cross with a solid silver Jesus on it crucified, and she just says, I can't, I can't bear to throw it away. You ever do that? Like you even like here sometimes this Bibles that are ripped up and I'm like, Can i have to throw this away? It seems weird, right? But she she sees this crucifix and she knows in her heart that she just can't throw it away. So she takes it down and she puts it in her office. And later on that week she goes to pay her bills and she realizes that she stuck that cross right on top of her checkbook and all the bills. And as she removed it to do it, she thought to herself, What would my finances look like if I really placed the cross upon them? what if my finances really were under the cross? And then she moved the cross and she paid all her bills. Later on that week, she had to grade some papers for school and she realized that she had placed the cross right on top of the stack of papers she has to grade. And so as she picks up that cross, she realized, what would it look like if my workplace was under the cross? Well, what would it look like if I prayed for each of these students' papers as if they were under the cross? What would that look like? And then she moved the cross and she started grading papers. And later on, she she sits down again to do it and she realizes that uh, she picks up the cross and they were on all of her scrapbooks. And she realizes, what would it look like if my family was underneath the cross? What would that look like if it was truly surrendered? (coughs) Me, I'm thinking, just hang the cross on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) But she goes through this huge journey to church, all the aspects of her life. What would it look like if your allegiance in every aspect of your life? Was given over to Jesus. What would it look like if you were completely sold out and that everything you did was placed under the cross?